Welcome back to the New Age Music Promo Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I am Jim Jones. <laughs> All right, today we're going to talk about some alternate ways for artists to make money outside of just streaming. Um, obviously, there's a few obvious ones, but then there's a few that I want to ask Jim's opinion on and see what he thinks about them and if artists should start doing them. Um, the first one is obviously merch. I know there's a few different ways to set up merch stores, whether it's Shopify or like Spreadshirt. Um, so for the more established artists, Jim has a lot of experience running merch stores and things like that. How do you suggest doing it digitally? Like, obviously through Shopify, but like, how do you target and get your fans to interact and actually purchase the merch? Well, first and foremost, I would not start out on Shopify if you're a beginner. Um, it's got tiered levels that obviously cost a different amount of money. <clears throat> so if you have money to spend, then sure, go ahead and start on Shopify. But if you don't, then I would probably start with on demand. And there's whatever you just said, Spreadshirt. Yeah, Spreadshirt. Never even heard of that before. There's Spreadshirt. Um, there's Printfully. There's handful of other on-demand services out there <clears throat> they will <clears throat> print it on demand as the orders come in versus having to invest and buy inventory which um holding inventory sucks especially whenever you think something's going to sell and then something doesn't sell so it's a huge pain in the ass so i would start there um you can use shopify they have the integrations that sync with these uh on-demand stores you can use Squarespace, you can use WooCommerce, WooCommerce, however you say it. Um, so that's where I would start. Um, so like to move, whether it's the inventory or the on-demand, because I know Shopify, I think Printful is Shopify's integrated print on-demand service, right? Um, but do you run direct ads to that or do you just kind of hope that your fans are going to like do it organically? Well, again, it's dependent on how many fans you have Fair. like if you're just starting out and you're just going to be spreading it around people that you know uh as generating organic sales then i would not run ads at all but if you actually have like a web web fan base then um yes i would recommend running ads to specific products um depending on if you're approved through meta's policies to have your shop set up which basically means and for those that are unfamiliar out there, Facebook has turned into the mega Google when it comes to social media and all these backend things for advertising, uh, events manager, pixel tracking, commerce manager. Um, commerce is on Facebook. It's a fickle bitch because um, you know how like uh, most websites always want you to direct the traffic to them. So whenever you go to choose something, It'll always give you their website as the recommended thing to do. That's bullshit. They just want the traffic. So I'll give you a perfect, for instance, when setting up ticket links in Songkick, uh, Torbox, their little backend dashboard for artists, it always says it's recommended to direct the traffic to uh, Songkick. And that's just because they can advertise other events to you. And I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure they get paid for advertising. I'm not sure how they make their fucking money because they don't charge artists, but it's bullshit. Why would I want to set up uh, a link for my fans that they now have to click through three more links just to get to the link? So that's bullshit. 
So that kind of ties into what I'm what I'm referring to with Facebook is when you set up the commerce manager side of things, you can do that manually yourself on Facebook, or you can actually do it through Shopify through their little step process, check box everything that you have to do to um, sell on Facebook, have your products sync automatically, uh, have your collections pull all automatically from Shopify to Facebook. Um, but Facebook has introduced uh, Facebook pay. They're trying to stay relevant in the world of Google pay and Apple pay and become some sort of payment process. I'm not sure what the whole, I'm not sure. Maybe there's, maybe it's the 2.9% and 30 cents per transaction that they're getting hard over, but I'm not really sure why everybody's trying to process money. seems weird to me. Yeah, that is bizarre. Uh, um, sorry, go ahead. But, but I mean, just saying in doing that, Facebook, just like every other platform out there is offering a ton of free shit for you to use their services and their services only. So for instance, um, if you use like Google My Business, Google wants you to actually utilize Google My Business as something that you update frequently, you keep up to date for your customers. That way when people are Googling you, they show like up to date business hours, up to date contact information, what holidays you're open on, et cetera, and shit like that. But to do that, Google automatically offers you a $500 ad credit uh, once you spend $500 in ads. Same thing with Snapchat. Snapchat, your new uh, ads manager, they will offer you like $350 uh, once you spend your first $350. So Facebook's kind of the same way. If you utilize all the Facebook's tools, they will give you a fuck ton of ad credits for free. And on top of that, uh, for a, a while, they were actually, uh, uh, they were doing no fees on the Facebook pay whatsoever. So oh, you wow. could process all everything through Facebook and they wouldn't charge you the, the credit card fee. They wouldn't charge you the transaction fee. I don't know if that's still going on because I never used it, but I just, I have bad experience with Facebook holding money. So I don't fucking trust them. And I know that it might be an extra step for someone to go to Shopify for me to advertise something to Shopify, have them go to Shopify, have them go through that, that payment journey. But, um, yeah, dude, when I worked with Riff, they were holding like $40,000 of his money from his page just because they switched the address in the middle of the year to the business. It originally was in New York, I think, and then it got switched to Florida for tax purposes. And Facebook doing their quarterly check, uh, running shit probably through the IRS database just making sure that all the businesses are registered and whatnot, and they're paying out the correct entities and the W9 matches the information on the payout, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It caused a red flag. Wow. And they sat on that money and they sat on that money. So I have no interest personally, and I would never advise anybody to let Facebook process your money. Fuck that. Fair enough. And real quick, before we go into the next stream of income, um, I get a lot of questions from new age artists who are asking me about like branding on their merch. Like, do they have to copyright if they're using a phrase, do they have to copyright their image if they're selling it? Because a lot of times I know with Spreadshirt, when I use it myself, uh, if I use my album art on it, it'll bounce back saying that I can't use that image because it's uh, a public image and I, I'll have to rebuttal it. So when it comes to like either copywriting or what you can and can't use on your merch designs, what, what do you recommend? Well, I actually am not an expert in this category, so I'm just going to rattle off some things that I think, and we'll see how they how they work. 
Um, first and foremost, uh, if you own your own shit, if that's a problem, it's not technically copyright it's considered trademark and likeness. Um, hypothetically speaking, and I could be completely wrong here. I'm just rambling off, rambling off what I think is common sense. If, uh, I'm the first person to say, uh, I don't know. Just pick a phrase. You could anything. So just say, just say a phrase. Uh, whack them, we pack them. Okay. If I'm the first person to ever say whack them, we pack them, and I put that on a T-shirt, <laughs> and I don't get it trademarked, and someone else goes and tries to sell it, and then try to trademark it. Uh, I, it depends. Like, sure, you might have the first public use of said thing, but like, you have to have like our track record of sales for that to really be relevant. Like you can't sell one t-shirt. This person copies you, goes out and sells a million t-shirts. And then you go be like, wait, no, I'm the first person to did that. Like, no, like, cause then they start talking about like, well, who wrote the idea down first? Who was the first person to think of it? What conversations was this? Like, it's a whole fucking muddy thing. So if you plan on putting anything on a shirt that you don't want anybody else to steal or on a pants or on panties, on hats, Trademark that shit before you ever put it out because you don't know you could be sitting on a goddamn gold mine and you just gave someone else their next great selling thing. Not their idea, but their next great thing to sell. Um, but that's hard to do with names too, because like uh my artist name for a long time, like if you go to Spotify and Apple right now, I'm no longer the top artist of that name because I stopped putting out music and there's 50 other artists under there with the same damn name. And there's not a lot I can do about it. Like I can't go report them as copyright infringement because you can't, it's really hard to copyright a name. It's hard to do that. You can do it. Like you can copyright Jay-Z, you can copyright Beyonce, but like you can't copyright Ryan Bronson. That's right. a legal, that's like your legal name. Right. It would have to be like a name that you, that you, you operate under like Robo or <laughs> or some shit or some shit like that something yeah. that no one else is ever going to think of or say in just normal conversation right that um fair. but yeah that's copyright is is very it's hard um it's a very arduous process there are so many fucking details in getting a copyright done correctly and if i could tell you anything i would use a lawyer i would just pay a lawyer if you want it done right um i would just use a lawyer and that actually reminds me, I have a an email from a lawyer that I need to respond to in regards to trademark. Fair enough. And sitting in my email forever. Yeah, you're better to be safe than sorry on that front. Um, one of the next streams of income that I have been seeing taking a, well, first of all, to move your fans and start getting them to buy your merch. Obviously, you want to post it on your social medias. Make sure you're acquiring a mailing list to do that. Make sure you're acquiring maybe phone numbers and using a texting list to do that and then a cool thing that i'm starting to see now is that you can send links with bands in town or your song kick messages to your followers so that way you can mobilize them to do something that you're wanting them to do uh, yes you know bands in town is great because it does let you message your followers who have opted in to receive email uh communication but i'm pretty sure and i read this the other day in the disclaimer because i was using it <clears throat> It tracks every single open. So if I send it out to 35,000 people and one person opens it 40 times, it's tracking every single open from that person. So the results and the metrics they're giving you, I think are a little skewed. I might be misreading that, but I think 
just based upon how I understand open rates and click-through rates and in, in like Clavio and MailChimp, the open rates on bands in town is really fucking high. And the click-through rate is really low. So it would make sense to me that they're tracking every single open from every single individual user rather than just, hey, this was opened one time, it gets logged, and then if they open it again, it doesn't it doesn't fall into the the analytics anymore. It's done. It's over with. That makes sense. But yes, that is dope. Song Cake, on the other hand, uh, you have to pay for that. They don't offer that as a free service. Interesting. Yeah. And you can there's actually a lot more stuff that they they include with it. Um, you can put in where you want the blast to go, like city wise, and then you can actually choose a radius clause around it, and then it'll keep updating the number, make it smaller or larger based upon the extra extra things that you're adding into it. Interesting. Good to know, and cool tools to have. Um, another one that I'm seeing pick up steam as far as um artists generating extra income is uh like exclusive content uh through like subscription base like a famigo and things like that. I also wanted your opinion on that. Is um so artists are offering either un unreleased music or NFTs or demos, pictures, things of that nature on a like five ninety nine nine ninety nine a month scale on platforms like Famigo or things like that, and you're getting that every month, but you do have to keep a value on that. Um, Can you start over? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was reading something. Yeah, you're good. Um, I was gonna say the next stream that I wanted to talk about was like exclusive content that artists are doing, where you can use a platform like Famigo, um, upload unlimited or unreleased music or demos, um, unseen photos, NFTs, um, video clips, whether it's like podcasts or things like that, and you do a subscription based on it for four ninety nine or nine ninety nine or whatever you decide to use for that. Um, I wanted your opinion on if you think that's a viable thing, even if you're getting three, four, five people subscribing and just if you are the artist doing it, make sure you're actually get it, giving a value to the people who are subscribed. But um, how do you feel about that one? I think NFTs are stupid. I agree. <laughs> um, the steps to the steps to prove that something is authentic, um, is fucking stupid. You have to find a third party that specializes in the approval of said piece and uh, validate the authenticity of it. It's fucking stupid. NFTs are so fucking dumb. I'm sorry. Now there are a few. There are a few cool things out there that uh, I think are dope. Like if you want to sell like one copy of your album and you have the fan base that will spend that money, I think that's cool. Um, I think it sucks for the people out there that want to hear the album. Yeah. Um, but this whole like ape head bull, I, I don't, I still am confused. Like it's worth this much money. It, I understand the concept of trading it like stocks. So I understand where the value of it goes up and down and you sell, but like, why did this become a thing? Uh, Especially in the digital world. That's what's crazy to me. Like they basically said, okay, I've got this Mona Lisa painting right here. It's in physical form. I could touch it. I could feel it. I could jerk off on it. This is one of one. Yeah. But now they now they had to take the, the, the physical and turn it into the digital. And now there's one of one in the digital. It's just like, what the fuck? Are we that bored as a species that we're doing this? Yeah, that don't make no sense. But I was more so asking like your thoughts on like the exclusive content. Do you think that's a thing that is viable for artists to actually push? 
So it, again, a lot of these questions and a lot of things that we're always going to go over are going to be based around the artist's size. If you are a small artist, then no, it is not worth it. It is not worth your time. You have so many other things you should be focusing on. If you are a big artist and you have got the time and the ability to do it and stay consistent, fucking go for it. During, during COVID, I pressed every artist I work with to jump into the streaming game to to do the streaming with you know like we were talking about selling merch on the stream having tips doing really cool exclusive uh sets unreleased songs acoustic versions talking with your fans that shit's cool selling a membership to unreleased content songs merchandise first access i 100 support all that shit but i'm gonna tell you right now you as an individual artist are not able to stay consistent you have to be the most dedicated motherfucker out there with no life, no kids, no friends, no family, because to be able to pro constantly provide value to people who are, they are, you, you are the one that's setting the price, but the fans are the ones determining what the value is. Right. I can sit here and say, okay, uh, I'm going to do one live stream. I'm going to drop one merch pack a month. I'm going to drop five unreleased videos and one song that, to me, that value is way higher than $9.99 a month. But if I get 10,000 people to pay $9.99 a month, okay, well, now I've now I've reached my, my value to me. But those people paying $9.99 a month, maybe they want two live streams. Maybe they want three merch packs. Maybe they want 10 songs. And you'll, you'll see, you'll be able to tell, like, if your value, your perception of value matches up with their perception of value based upon how long people stay, stay subscribed for. You know what I'm saying? If you get like an influx of 100 subscribers for your first month and then 50 of them fall off, even though you did every single thing you said you were going to do, then you un then you should probably reevaluate what you're doing because 50 people on your list don't believe that you provided a value that's worth $9.99 a month. That's right. where the concept is super fucked up. And that's why people, they're like this kind of goes back to the... Uh, uh, am I, I don't want to say the old days, but the days of like selling albums, right? Yeah. Like if I sell a million, like you're telling me this CD, the, the graphics that got designed, the, the manufacturing of the CD, the fucking time that it took to record, write, produce, mix, master, the cost. You're telling me I have to sell this thing for $9 and 99 cents. This right. cost me $50,000. Yeah. But if, a hundred thousand people buy your CD. Okay. Well, but what if a hundred thousand people don't buy my CD? Right. That's where the NFT concept of selling one album makes more sense because like you can get the, you can get the price, the value of it from one person. So it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's, it's understanding value and money and time. Ugh. You yeah, know what I'm it's, it's what's your value to the artist. That brings me to the next thing that I'm seeing. Like, uh, I don't know the guy that Russ signed, the Russell, he's doing a lot of this. Um, I don't know the actual site to, to use to use it. I'd have to look into that and I, we can put it in the description if we find it. Um, but he's doing, it's a pay what you want scale almost for uh, certain merch, certain CDs, certain other items, whether it's posters or whatnot. And he's setting the minimum at like $5, but no maximum. So, and he'll be posting is like some people will just decide that his value of this item is way higher than that $5. And he's, some people are paying him a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Obviously, that's a rare case, and he has a or very rare case, and he has a substantial sized base. 
But what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's something artists should try? Or do you think they're looking at a very large loss if they do it that way? <laughs> so let me just, I want to, before we talk about that, I want to discuss the tipping factor. Because I think the tips is kind of associated with this. First okay. and foremost, just in a general population sense, when the fuck did every business decide to put tip on their fucking cash out thing? That is pissing me the fuck off. Facts. Because now I'm an asshole if I say no. Like when, when did tipping become necessary? Mm -hmm. Unless you're going to tell me like tipping, tipping is common sense in restaurants and in, in the service industry because you know that they're not, they're getting paid less than minimum wage. You're right. telling me that the homeboy at Subway is making less than minimum wage and his sole income is based upon these tips? No, go fuck yourself. I'm not doing that. But I somehow I'm the asshole. And on top of that, I just want to dress this too because I was in like five, six Ubers this weekend. I don't tip Uber drivers. I don't tip Uber drivers. I'm just not because I'm a cheap ass. It's because when Uber and Lyft came out, they were a, a, a solution to a problem, which was a solution to taxi drivers charging you Every like four seconds, you just watch that meter ring up, ring up, ring up. So that's what they, that's why they created that. Taxes were a problem. They created the solution. They took over the market and now they're fucking raping us on the back end. All the rates, I don't know if you noticed, all the rates have gone up and every single one, you, they will actually score you less if you don't tip them. Hmm, I've been you, your your rider <laughs> rating goes down if you don't tip. This is bullshit. Wow. Hold up. Four years, I didn't have to tip a single one of you motherfuckers. And now I've got to tip every single one to keep my rating up. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so anyways, just to, to, to actually tackle that point. um, The tipping, they Shopify has for a while now allowed you to turn on a feature for tipping. So you can tip when you buy your shit. Uh, I've seen people do it on some of the stores that I run, but it's not, it's not done frequently, frequently enough that there's really any revenue made off of it. It's a cool feature, but again, why are you tipping me? Right. Unless you're going to outline like, Hey, Jim Jones, merch processing guy handles all the fucking complaints. You should probably tip him. Like, unless you're going to outline what the person's duty are and then pick that person that you want the tip to go to, it's fucking pointless. Right. Now onto what you actually asked me about. Um, I think it's a super, super dope concept as long as, and I'm assuming this is the case, you as the person setting it up, you have to at least set your minimums at your cost of goods. If okay. you want to set it at your cost of goods on whatever that product is, then sell it for, sell it as much as you can. It's, it's the idea of the NFT. People are now deciding what the value of said item is. But in this case, they're obviously not reselling your shit, but I think it's a super dope idea. Um, I think it can fucking fail miserably um, because the point of obviously selling your merch is to offset money that you may not be making on streaming or may not be making on touring. So a lot of people use merchandise as a fucking viable way to make their living. Right. So if you have 10,000 fans and all 10,000 fans all pay the bare minimum. Okay. Well, cool. I guess I'll just buy something else. Like they're not helping you. Right. Yeah. They're not but helping you. They're, they're taking a chance and they're, they're running a, a kind of a calculated risk that they think that most people in that 10,000 are um, aware enough that this artist makes its money, their money off of said merchandise. So they're probably not going to pay the minimum. And to be honest, if I'm that artist and I see 100 people come through only paying $5 a piece, I'll probably remember those motherfuckers. Like you cheap ass, dirty pieces of shit. <laughs> fair 
Um, and then one of the other ones that I've seen is the uh, same guys doing this. And I don't, I want to research more of how to do this. And it's kind of, I know we both agree that NFTs are stupid, but it's a similar concept to an NFT, except for the artist, they're kind of treating the song like a stock. So the fan or the supporter can buy a certain percentage of the royalties of the song for a certain price. So as the song gets bigger, the person who bought that percentage also gets a return on that. I got to look into what platform he's using to do this and I'll send it to you when I find it. But do you think that's a cool idea? If the artist is independent and has hundred percent and you can say, Hey, I'm going to sell 30% of this. You as the, and it's treated like a stock. So like, and, and it, this splits go through like PayPal or Venmo based on email or however it's set up. Um, and it's like fan investing in the artist as, as a stock. What is, what is your opinion there? Is there a minimum they have to spend? The artist sets the rate for the, okay. What? What? Like the artist sets the rate, so like you can buy, like say. I, I get the concept. I think it's fucking stupid. Fair. Why? Why would I? Why would I give up that dude? That's the number one thing that all artists complain about. Is percentage. Is pre, is your percentage? Why am I giving Empire twenty percent of my? This is on. Dude, this is ongoing shit I deal with on the fucking daily. Why am I giving Empire twenty percent of my record in perpetuity when they're not even working the record anymore? Like there should be the amount of fucking fuckery that I read in these contracts. I would, if I could have been around when my artists signed this shit, I would smack them right in the fucking face. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, okay, if I'm going to give my record to you in perpetuity, there is going to be an opt out clause. If you stop working my record. Yes. That plain and simple. That That's there. I, I totally Totally support the fact, and let's just give you a perfect example. I give you $50,000 for an album, okay? And I outline the deliverables, but for that 50, I get, we're going to, and I don't like this concept either, but I'm just going to give it to you as the example. We're going to do a 50-50 split, but um, we only recoup against your 50 which is a horrible fucking idea. It should be recouped against the hundred. If I'm truly your partner and I'm truly working this and I truly believe in my ability to make us money, then I should be letting us both uh, go against the recoupment on the advance from dollar one. Not every dollar that may, not, not the other way that most of these fuckers do it. This is how they fuck artists over. They say, hey, every dollar that we make, I get to take, I get to pocket 50 cents and your 50 cents goes towards the, the advance. That's such a horseshit fucking deal, but it's that pretty goddamn deal. standard. But the point that I'm making is like, if you even signed a deal like that, or if you sign one from dollar one, you still have to let them make some money off of you. Sure. But it shouldn't be like, hey, let's do 50 50, your 50 against the advance. And I also get a five year term on the back end after it recoups. Well, hold up. Yeah. Now you're charging, you're basically double down, you're double dipping on the interest, and I'm not cool with that. But I totally forget where I was going with this because uh, I get pissed off. Anyways, the opt-out clause, the opt-out clause. There should be an opt-out clause that says, okay, the, at the point that you stop working my records, meaning it comes off of your, your third-party playlisting, or you stop shopping it, blah, 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 then from that date, you have 30 days to either 
start working it again or at day 31 or day 32, whatever month cycle you want to work on. It's actually 30.24, I think is what, how Google does it. 30.25 days, I get I get 100% of my record back. That should be a fucking clause in the contracts. I, I agree. I guess with the the treating the royalty thing like with the NFTs, like I agree 100% on the on the record deals and how those advances and how that, that works, how that's fucked up. But I guess the way that I kind of looked at it, and maybe I'm way off here, is if, uh, say, an artist that's coming up obviously doesn't have a very big spend budget for anything, tour, marketing, any of any of the above. So you create a system where you as the artist, you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep 85% of this record to myself, but I can put 15% of the record up for sale for people to invest in. And I, f- I, I figure if I put 15%, each percent can go for... $250, right? So you make whatever that is off of that 15% that you sell, but then that 15% that you sell also entices every single person who buys part of that 15% to push the record. Yeah, but you're also you're also basically assuming that you have a fan base that will do that. Now, on the flip side, and maybe this is part of their spiel, if they were to if they were to basically take songs from songwriters and artists and put them into a pot where like they as the the platform have have a database of people who will buy license blah 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 and they're the ones not not fans but they're the ones that are buying percentages of songs that to me makes way more fucking sense because there's shit like that like for instance like royalty exchange they'll take a look at any any streaming any master any composition portion of your records that you want and they'll like do a comparison based upon past deals that they've done and they'll say okay um You've got this much revenue coming in annually from ASCAP, this much from Admin MP, this much from whatever. In the past, we feel like we could sell your catalog for this much. But it's like it's it's like it's like a listing site. They list it, but they have they're the ones that built the network of people who purchase these things. Gotcha. So they'll they'll pay like a hundred racks for somebody's catalog. They'll keep it for 10 fucking years because they know that they're gonna recoup in seven and then they're gonna make profit for the next three years off of that catalog. So if it's something like that, I could see that being worth more people's time because I don't I don't know what the, the limits are to purchase. But if if I'm someone who's investing in the music industry and I'm a buying from something like that from royalty exchange and I find out there's a, a site out there that is allowing me to buy up to, let's say, 30 percent of songs and I can set the price, bro, I'm going to buy like 500, fuck 30 percent of 500 songs. Sure. Why not? Because there's a pretty good chance that one of those 500 is going to make me my money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Especially if it's treated like a, like a stock almost. Um, those are the four big ones that I are four unique ones that I could think of that I had as far as the revenue stream goes. Do you have any more that I'm missing? Um, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of them out there. And it's funny because I was actually talking to Demerick last night and he was actually giving me a spiel on uh, a lot of the things that he does. And um, I was actually really impressed because these are all things that I know about, but I'm not I'm not experienced enough in them to speak intelligently, which not saying I speak intelligently intelligently about anything as I fumble through saying the damn word out loud. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I actually look I look forward to like learning more from him because we're talking about like just a bunch of different things with sync, um, uh, writing classes, doing writing camps, anything for TV, film, uh, you know, writing for other artists. And Demerick does a lot of that shit. And I'm actually like really fucking impressed with what he does. So um, 
those are some other options. I just don't have any information on any information. On, yeah. And I do know that sync is a big one and I want to learn more about sync as well, but so to the listeners, stay tuned as we learn more information about that. We'll share that with you. Well, we will see you guys next week and make sure you send us your music support at nadistro.com. Jim Jones. We'll see you guys next week.